the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott V. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. I always like to know what the producer's going to drop in there right before I come on. (laughs) Yeah, I do that a lot. My wife does that a lot. You know, my kids do that a lot. Like, oh no, dad's going to say something. Yeah. (laughs) John knows me too well, knows me too well. Well, welcome to Like It Matters Radio. I hope you're strapped in for our hour of power. Uh, And you know the cool thing about doing a daily radio show, uh, and and John will tell you the same thing, is I prepare stuff for a show for, you know, an hour, which is about 50 minutes of content. Uh, And yesterday I prepared so much stuff, I maybe got to 25%. Uh, of what I wanted to cover. And uh, uh, John, of course, guiding me, coaching me, says, you know, that's cool. You just got another show now. (laughs) So I can just continue on. I can just continue on. So today uh, we want to continue the conversation uh, that I started yesterday about understanding. And I I truly believe, you know, as a problem solver, what's missing in America, uh, in our families, in our relationships, in our churches, is understanding. Uh, you know, we, we seem to not understand anything but what we want. You know, rule number one about being a leader, it's not about us. We've got to get off ourselves. You know, leadership is servant. It's sacrifice. It's putting others before yourself. Uh, it's seeing a big picture and not really wrapping up with what you want all the time. You know, my, my little boy, Benaya, will a lot of times say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, I don't want to do that. And I tell him sometimes when I'm in the, the Frank mode, you know, not Frank the person, but Frank the mindset, that who cares what you want to do? I go, welcome to the real world. I do da- things daily that I don't want to do. But as a leader, we do them, and we don't do them begrudgingly. Uh, we do them heart, body, and soul, right? That's everything we got, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, right? That's 100%. We're called to give 100% because Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to man. And so even though I have to do as a leader things I don't always want to do, we still give 100%. And again, 100% is a nominalization. You technically can't put 100% in a wheelbarrow. 100%, believe it or not, means different things to different people. That's why I like to define things to take away the confusion. And to me, 100% is HBS. H-B-S. Heart, body, and soul, right? And I'll prove my point. If I take away your heart, and I take away your body, and I take away your soul, 
what's left? Nothing, honey. Crunch, right? <laughs> That's it. That's why it's 100%. And let's be honest. There is so much ambiguity, not just moral ambiguity, uh, relativism. And so we need to understand two words. These two words are so critical as we deal with relationships, both interpersonal, intrapersonal. And those words are sympathy and empathy. Now, a lot of people use them intermittently. They go back and forth like they're synonymous. They are not synonymous. They are spelled differently. Uh, They have different meanings. Uh, And you know, with the internet and everything, you would think that we'd be able to establish a level of truth today far beyond anything we've ever done. But can I tell you the opposite has taken place? Um, It is hard to find real truth out there. Uh, So many quotes that I want to reference when I look them up. You know, we're told, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, uh, you know, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And that is one of hundreds that as I look them up, make sure I can give the proper credit because I was always told and believed that Abraham Lincoln said that. Well, he didn't. Well, he might have said it at some point, but he wasn't the one who originally said it and where it came from. And so, believe it or not, there's a lot of things out there sold off as the truth that are blatant lies. And so I want to go into sympathy versus empathy, and not just a discussion about the two words, but I want to suggest to you, and it's my, my solemn belief, that empathy is what's needed today. There's uh, plenty of sympathy. There's always been sympathy around, but empathy is what's truly needed. So what is the difference? Sympathy versus empathy. This is right from Merriam-Webster. And by the way, of all the Bibles, I'm from Bibles, of all the dictionaries, I would suggest that Merriam-Webster is the weakest. Uh, they're the ones that, you know, in, in congressional hearings when all these woke people, all these progressives say something in pro- congressional hearings, Merriam-Webster goes right on active and changes their definition what? to fit the woke philosophy. Yeah, I mean, it's happened many times. Just Google it. You'll see what I'm talking about. So uh, this is from Merriam-Webster. I'm going to tell you right now, I totally disagree with it. Uh, So sympathy versus empathy difference. The difference in meaning is usually explained with some variation of the following. Sympathy is when you share the feelings of another. Empathy is when you understand the feelings of another. And this is what they put this big button here, but do not necessarily share them. Uh, It's absolutely false. And yet it's it's a dictionary. And so people believe it, just like racism. People want to define racism in weird ways. And uh, you, you have to have power to be a racist. You have to be white to be a racist, whatever. You know what racism is? Here's a simple definition. Using race as a determiner for a decision. That's it. If I like you or don't like you because of your race, I'm a racist. If I want to hire you or fire you because of your race, I'm a racist. If I want to promote you or demote you because of your race, I'm a racist. If I want to, anybody see a pattern yet? Right? That's why Dr. King said that I look forward to the day that my four children will live in a nation where they are not, N-O-T, not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, by their choices, right? So sympathy, it says, is sharing. Sympathy, and I like it etymologically, it's sound, right? From sympathis, having common feelings, sympathetic, has several senses in the dictionary, among them the actor capacity of entering into or sharing, Right? 
And so sympathy means together, right? Sim, like synonyms and symmetry, symposium, right? It means together or at the same time. So empathy, though, is understanding. Empathy suggests the notion of projection. You have empathy for a person when you can imagine how they feel based on what you know about the person. Let me share a quick story to make the point. A farmer had some puppies he needed to sell. He painted a sign advertising the four pups and set about nailing it to a post on the edge of his yard. As he was driving the last nail into the post, he felt a tug on his overalls. He looked down, and as he looked down, he looked down in the eyes of a little boy. Mister, he said, I want to buy one of the puppies. Well, said the farmer as he rubbed the sweat off his back of his neck, these puppies come from some fine parents and cost a good deal of money. The boy dropped his head for a moment, then reached deep into his pocket. He pulled out a handful of change and held it up to the farmer. I've got 39 cents. Is that enough to take a look? Sure, said the farmer. And with that, he let out a whistle. Here, Dolly, he called. Out from the doghouse and down the ramp ran Dolly, followed by four little balls of fur. The little boy pressed his face against the chain-link fence. His eyes danced with delight. As the dogs made their way to the fence, the little boy noticed something else stirring just inside the doghouse. Slowly, another little ball appeared, this one noticeably smaller. Down the ramp it slid. Then, in a somewhat awkward manner, the littlest pup began hobbling toward the others, doing his best to catch up. I want that one, the little boy said, pointing to the runt. The farmer knelt down at the boy's side, looked him in the eye, said, Son, you don't want that puppy. He will never be able to run and play with you like the other dogs would. With that, the little boy stepped back from the fence, reached down, and began rolling up one of his legs of his trousers. In doing so, he revealed a steel brace running down both sides of his leg, attaching itself to a specially made shoe. Looking back up at the farmer, he said, You see, sir, I don't run too well myself, and he will need someone who understands. With tears in his eyes, the farmer reached down, picked up the little pup, and handed it to its new parent. I am Black. Today we're talking about empathy versus sympathy. We'll be right back. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. 
Holiday guests can stress out your home. Get ready with help from Air Mechanical. Make sure the heat stays on with a furnace tune-up now. A new tankless water heater will ensure you don't give your relatives the cold shoulder. Have Air Mechanical's plumbers do a preventative drain cleaning. AMI's electrical pros can install outdoor lighting for safety in the dark, plus a garage heater just in case you need an in-law escape room. Air Mechanical, your holiday helper. For the life of your home, visit ThinkAMI.com. Wake up with the Freedom 1570 Daybreak Insider. Today's top news stories from a conservative viewpoint in a detailed yet concise manner. Sign up at Freedom1570.com. Just use the keyword subscribe. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to leadership awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career, I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Our minds are merging. Our minds are one. I feel what you feel. I know what you know. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. I am Dr. Spock, and you are not. (laughs) I am Mr. Black. And today, you're right, John, absolutely appropriate drop. Uh, Today, we are talking about empathy versus sympathy. You know, rule number one about being leaders is not about you, leader. Get off yourself. Uh, We are conduits. I truly believe that there are two vessels any human being can be, and it's about decisions, about choices. You can be a cistern or a conduit. Last night, uh, before I got into my Bible study at church, we're going through the book of Revelation, I was in uh, Jeremiah 38. And Jeremiah, if you don't know the story, was given a word from God. He was a prophet. And so God told him, hey, uh, the Babylonians are taking over. It's time to pay the price for not honoring the Sabbath with the land. So uh, give in to them. Uh, let them, if you go ahead and succumb to the Babylonians, uh, you'll live. But if you fight the Babylonians, if you resist, uh, all hell's going to break loose. You're going to pay a deep price. You're going to die. Uh, and boy, the Israelites did not like that at all. They thought, whoa, what are you telling us? So they threw them in jail. They threw him, basically, they made him a, you know, a insurrectionist. You know, he was a January Sixer. He was out there, Jeremiah, you evil man. And all Jeremiah was doing was telling the Israelites what God had told them. And so it says they threw him into a cistern, a well. See, you can either be a cistern or a conduit. A cistern is something that holds things, like Jeremiah. Uh, it is a vase, or again, what's the difference between a vase and a vase? Uh, your income level. So if you make under $70,000 a year, it's a vase. If you make over $100,000 a year, it's a vase, right? That's how it is, right? But there are things that hold things. 
And there are things that are pass-through agents, like uh, PVC pipe underground to water your grass. You know, a sprinkler system is made up of PVC pipes under the ground. And those pipes have one purpose, from to get water from point A to point B. It doesn't hold on to the water. It just moves the water. And that's what we can be. We can either be a cistern or a conduit. Let's be honest. We didn't get to where we are by ourselves. I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan by any stretch of the means, but, you know, she wrote the book, It Takes a Village to Raise a Person or whatever it is to raise a child. Well, you know, let's be honest. We've all had villages in our life, people that have spoken into us, people that have blessed us. They have poured into us. Now, you got to decide, are you a cistern or are you a conduit? Are you holding all that stuff for yourself and just keeping it for your own benefit? Or are you passing the blessing along? Are you passing that? That's why, you know, whenever we get a chunk of money, we automatically give away a minimum of 20% of it. As soon as we get it, we go, okay, this goes to our Africa here. This goes to Africa there. This goes to Jimbo in Florida. Uh, this goes to uh, Kyle. Boom. Why? Because we are conduits. We're not, we are blessed to be a blessing to other people. And so that's why it's important to understand that the Dead Sea is one of the lowest points on the earth. And it has no outgoing water. It only has a couple of underground waterways that feed it. Nothing goes out of the Dead Sea. And you got to ask yourself, honestly, are you a Dead Sea leader? Have so many people poured in you financially, spiritually, emotionally, educationally, uh, mentoring-wise? And what are you doing with that? Are you holding on? Are you building up your 401k? Are you buying your third vacation home? Are you going on your fourth trip to Hawaii or Mexico this year? As people around you are starving and struggling and don't know how they're going to pay the bills? You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And so we got to understand these two words because these two words of empathy and sympathy really dictate how we interact with people. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, this is, again, f- finishing up Merriam-Webster. This is the page when I put in Merriam-Webster, what's the difference between empathy and sympathy, which I do not like. I do not like it at all. I do not like it, Sam, I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not think Merriam-Webster is a good dictionary at all. I think it's woke. I think it changes its definitions based on the woke progressive culture. I think it's a poor example of what we used to call a dictionary. And the sad part is you know why the, the Webster name? Webster used to be just Webster. Uh, look who Webster was. I think he was one of the first Supreme Court justices, the head of the Supreme Court, I'm sure. I think he's responsible uh, for the original dictionary, if you will. And now we got this Marion person who's attached to that and has really destroyed it. But here's the quote on empathy uh, versus sympathy in Merriam-Webster from the Journal of American Medical Association. It said, empathy can be contrasted with sympathy in terms of a kind of remove or emotional distance. The act or capacity of entering into or sharing the feelings of another is known as sympathy. Empathy, on the other hand, not only is an identification of sorts, but also connotes an awareness of one's separateness from the observed. One of the most difficult tasks put upon man is reflecting reflective commitment to another's problems while maintaining his own identity. And I'm going to tell you, that is why empathy is needed. Because sympathy is basically feeling sorry for somebody. Seeing somebody struggle and feeling sorry for somebody. And empathy is the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. Uh, let's go to the Word of God. I'll give you a perfect example of the difference between sympathy and empathy. 
in Luke 18, uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector, uh, go to verse 9. He said he also told his parables to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Uh, verse 10 says, Two men went up into a temple to pray. One is a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, that Pharisee, he had sympathy for the tax collector. Now, let me give you an example of empathy. And this is in Hebrews 4, Jesus as the great high priest. Verse 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then he goes on to say, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help. See, Jesus walked a mile in our moccasins. Jesus gave up his godly powers and took on the form of man. Jesus left his Ferrari and took on a moped. That's what he did. Why? So he could understand us. So he could walk in our pain. I really want you to get this difference because we have all these self-righteous people out there. All these people, that the Biden supporters that are saying out there, oh, oh poor black people. Oh, they can't do anything. They, don't, they, don't, they can't get IDs. They can't, you can't show, a black person can't show an ID at a voting booth because you're just wanting to restrict them. Oh, um, black people don't have internet. Black people don't know how to get on the internet. Uh, black people can't make it on their own. Uh, see, all that is pity. All that is sympathy. All that is condescending. Oh, those poor black folk. Oh, those poor black folk. They can't. I mean, how insulting. Yeah, the melanin people are, are wanting to feel sorry for the, uh, the, 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 the melanated ones, right? The non-melanated ones. It's silly. Sympathy is a feeling or expression of concern for someone, often accompanied by a wish for them to be happier or better off. Oh, dear. I hope the chemo helps. In general, sympathy implies a deeper, more personal level of concern than pity. I think it's the same thing, but this is from, uh, what is this from? It's from uh, Texas A&M University, Robert Longley. Uh, he wrote uh, this in thought.com, thought.com, oh, sorry, thoughtco.com, thoughtco.com. And so he said that about sympathy. Uh, uh, in general, sympathy implies a deeper, more personal level of concern than pity, a simple expression of sorrow. However, unlike empathy, sympathy does not imply that one's feelings for another are based on shared experience. See, that's the difference. Empathy, as the translation in English of the German word Einfühlung, feeling into. Feeling into. That's what empathy means, feeling into. Made by psychologist Edward Titchener in 1909, Empathy is the ability to recognize and share another person's emotions. Do you hear that part? See, sympathy allows you to recognize that poor pity on that person. But empathy allows you to share another person's emotions. Empathy requires the ability to recognize the suffering of another person from their point of view. Do you hear that? Not from your racist point of view. 
man, some of the most racist people I've ever met are these Democrats, these these black people who want to tell you how terrible it is for black people. You see, USA Today did a report about all the new people of color who were elected into office, but they left out all the Republicans. It's stunning. Stunning all, all historical things that have been made in the Republican. Look at Virginia, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general. First for a brown person, first for a black person, Melanie first for a black female. Yep, but yet nothing is mentioned. Just like when they did the Black History Museum, guess who was left out? Clarence Thomas. I guess Clarence Thomas isn't black enough because he's conservative. See, empathy is the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. And we got to understand, empathy is a beautiful thing. In Psychology Today, it says empathy is the bedrock of intimacy and close connection. In its absence, relationships remain emotionally shallow, defined largely by mutual interests or shared activity. Without empathy, we could live and work side by side with other people and remain, ready for this, as clueless about their inner selves and feelings as we are about those of strangers on a crowded subway. Empathy isn't just the engine for closeness and pro-social behavior. It also puts the brakes on when we are behaving badly and become aware of the pain we are causing. And this was the greatest thing I've heard, and this is so spot on. Sympathy is feeling for someone. Empathy involves feeling with them. And what I'm going to suggest, what we need in America Day, in our families, in our church, in our homes, is empathy more so than sympathy. So I'm Black, and we'll be right back. And remember, we care. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that back over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Attention. The United States government has instituted a program to give qualified workers up to $3,148 a month. Do you or someone you know suffer from a medical condition that makes it difficult to work? Are you between the ages of 45 and 62? Are you seeing a medical professional for this condition? And have you worked for at least five of the last 10 years? If you answered yes to the questions, you may be eligible for up to $3,148 a month. Call the Disability Information Line now to see if you qualify at 800-811-1545. Get the benefits you deserve. Call the Disability Information Line now at 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify. The call is free and our agents are standing by. Call 800-811-1545 to see if you qualify for these government benefits. You've worked hard for these benefits. Don't let another day go by without receiving what you're entitled to. Call 800-811-1545 now. 
Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to, to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. I'm sorry I'm late. I had to attend the reading of a will. I had to stay to the very end when I found out I received nothing. <laughs> oh, poor Fletch. I am black and you're back to Like It Matters Radio. This is our hour of power where we work on our noodle. We work on our noggin. We work on the one organ in our body that never has to deteriorate, and that is our brain. But you've heard this before. If you don't use it, you will lose it. And we, this is about having understanding. This is about clarity and thought. This is about critical thinking, creative thinking, about thinking for yourself. Man, you got to think for yourself, people. Quit being told what to think. Quit being told what to believe. Quit being told what to feel. You don't even realize how much you're being manipulated. Those you watch MSNBC and CNN, you have no idea. It's like going to a magic show uh, and you see a guy on stage being hypnotized and the person doesn't get hypnotized. And then in the audience, there are three people that walk out of there clucking like a chicken. Right, because they're just watching this thing for entertainment, and then they don't realize that they were just hypnotized. They were just programmed. And man, some of you've been programmed to hate Donald Trump, to hate conservatives. That all white people are racist. That all black people are victims. Man, I gotta tell you what. I don't know. Well, Jay Z told you he's only successful today because a white man. Will Kanye tell you, boy, without the white man, he sure wouldn't be. You wouldn't even know who Kanye West was. Or how about Clarence Thomas? Yeah, we all know how a white man had to help Clarence Thomas become Supreme Court. I mean, what an insult. I can't believe how racist uh, these Democrats are. I'm just being honest with you, how, how they pity people. Now, it's another thing to have understanding, to understand another person's struggles, to understand uh, when someone has a, to overcome something, to understand that life ain't no fair, to understand that life can be hard. And to the victor goes the spoil, to those who can overcome, who those who can pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and deal with the injustices of life, how it makes them stronger, how it makes them better, how it makes them more resilient, how they won't back down, they won't be knocked down. You know, the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom says, a righteous man will stumble seven times but get back up, but the wicked will stumble to ruin. And I'm going to tell you right now, the victim doesn't get up. The victim needs to get helped up. And too many people are playing victim in our world today. And a victim is a terrible thing to identify attached to your identity because we've all been victimized to different degrees. That's behavior. But to attach that behavior to your identity, man, I feel for you because it is going to cause destructions. It's going to cause pity parties. 
It's going to cause you not to push yourself. It's going to cause you to blame everybody else for your own shortcomings, for the own missed opportunities. And there is chance out there. There is luck out there. There are things that happen to good people that shouldn't. There are things that happen to bad people that shouldn't. That's called L-I-F-E. And I'm going to be honest with you, and don't be hurt by this, you need to put on your big boy pants. You need to put on your big girl pants. I feel like I'm talking to my six-year-old when I'm talking to some of you grown-ups out there. Go uh, change your you diapers, baby. in the baby. progressive line. Yeah, you got a Dr. Phil, right? I mean, come on, people. Grow a pair. <laughs> Get some thick skin. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Remember we used to say that as kids? And now all of a sudden one word will destroy you. You know, we got that clip. Where uh, Joe Biden was, uh, you know, uh, you know, campaigning for Terry McAuliffe, and in a 13-minute speech, he mentioned Donald Trump 24 times. Terry McAuliffe, every other word was Donald Trump. Why? Because you have been so effectively programmed to hate Donald Trump, and you've been manipulated. You've been programmed. Just Google Joseph Goebbels. Uh, he'll tell you that with enough repetitions, he has no doubt that he could make anybody believe that a circle is a square. He said, give me the media and I could turn any nation, any community into a bunch of pigs. Oink, oink, right? And not the good pig. You know, the difference between participation and commitment is best demonstrated by a bacon and eggs breakfast. Right in that bacon and eggs breakfast, the chicken participated by providing some eggs. But last time I checked, there's only one way you get bacon from a pig, and that creature must be committed heart, body, and soul. Oink, oink. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking about empathy. Empathy and sympathy are not synonymous. They are not the same word. Psychology Today says this. People often use the words interchangeably, but they are, in fact, separate processes. Do you hear that? You can be sympathetic to someone's situation while being completely clueless about his feelings and thoughts. This is the Democratic Party towards black people. Empathy involves identifying what what someone is feeling and additionally actually feeling those feelings yourself. And again, I thought this was put so succinctly. Sympathy is feeling for someone. Empathy involves feeling with someone. Empathy is often confused with sympathy, pity, and compassion, which are merely a recognition of another person's distress. And by the way, this is from ThoughtCo.com, Robert Longley. He says, Pity typically implies that the suffering person does not deserve what has happened to him or her and is powerless to do anything about it. See, this is what the Democratic Party has towards black people. Uh, they, most of them have sympathy. It's a power play. A lot of black people on the Democratic plantation, that's, they just won't get off for whatever reason. And yet they don't share the, the typical black person's values. They're not conservative. They don't believe in family. They don't believe in God. Uh, black, the black community is basically anti-homosexuality because it's against the word of God. I mean, it's very clear. And yet, so they have pity for black people, and those pity brings them votes. But I believe the Republican Party, the new Zebra Party, not black, not white, but both, uh, has empathy. See, compassion is a deeper level of empathy, demonstrating an actual desire to help the suffering person. Since it requires shared experiences, people can generally feel empathy only for other people, not for animals. 
While people may be able to sympathize with a horse, for example, they cannot truly empathize with it. Psychologists say that empathy is essential in forming relationships and acting compassionately toward others, since it involves experiencing another person's point of view, stepping outside yourself. Empathy enables genuinely helping behaviors that come easily and naturally, rather than having to be forced. There are three types of empathy, according to Paul Ekman, Ph.D., Cognitive empathy, it's called perspective taking. Cognitive empathy is the ability to understand and predict the feelings and thoughts of others by imagining oneself in their situation. Two, emotional empathy, closely related to cognitive empathy. Emotional empathy is the ability to actually feel what another person feels or at least feels emotions similar to theirs. In emotional empathy, there's always some level of shared feelings. Emotional empathy can be a trait among persons diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And then third one is compassionate empathy, driven by their deep understanding of the other person's feelings based on shared experience. Compassionately empathetic people make actual efforts to help. And by the way, uh, while it can give meaning to our lives, Dr. Ekman warns that empathy can also go terribly wrong. This is what I tell you what I do. Why do I help people so much? Why am I so effective? And this is why I actually walk in other people's shoes. When people are sharing their pain with me, I step into it. I put it on. I walk in it. Now, because of that, there are dangers of that. Because of that, I get good sometimes. Because of that, I take on a lot of people's hurt and pain. I would not highly recommend it. There's supposed to be separation there. Uh, but I found I, God made me a unique way. And th- there are consequences for that. But I want you to understand, I want to help you develop empathy. Now that you understand what empathy is, you don't need to pity people. Pity is condescending. People, pity makes you better than other people. Uh, people is in, uh, pity is insulting. Why do you think there's an American with Disabilities Act and, and things like that? Why do you think now women don't even want you to open the door for them because the women's movement? Because, uh, again, what, you think I'm not strong enough? You think I can't open my own door? No, it's called chivalry. Uh, I was raised with respect. I was raised that you open, hold the door for another person, whether it be a man or a woman. I was told that when you have your girlfriend in the car, you open the door for her. It's called respect. It's called service. It's called sacrifice. See, that's the difference. Where some people think it's pity has nothing to do with pity. And so how do we do this? Yeah, how do we do this? So first of all, there's a four-step connection process. Uh, And this is uh, dealing with psychometrics. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they don't like psychometrics. And I get it. Myers-Briggs is a joke. Uh, Some people can take a a psychometric and, and say weird things. I like psychometrics for one reason. It puts people in a category. I don't mean to, um, to, um, to be prejudiced against them, but to understand, is this person more in the process about more about people or more about process? Is this person high touch or high tech? Does this person like a lot of detail or does this person like a little detail? Does this person need time to make a decision? Or does this person make decisions through a gut feeling? See, that to me is what psychometrics do. They put people in a zip code. And that way you can understand how best to connect with them. Because remember, yesterday we talked about this word called rapport. Remember rapport? And rapport is this way to connect with someone. Rapport is unconsciously establishing a connection. And you can't sell. And by selling, I mean gaining agreement with someone until there is rapport. It's always like this. If you're in outside sales, I tell people always get to the office, uh, to the, your appointment 15 minutes early. Why? Because you want to look at people's walls. 
Why would you want to look at someone's walls that you're getting ready to sell to? Because you want to know what's important to them. Because what do people put on their walls? What's important to them? And so what you do is by looking at their walls, seeing who's into fishing, who's into softball, who has kids, who doesn't have kids, what you do before you ever start selling them anything, you now establish rapport. You meet them in their map of reality. You talk about fishing if that's what they're into. You talk about wrestling if that's what you're into. You talk about kids if that's what they're into. If you see pictures of God and all that, you talk about God. What you're doing at the unconscious level is you're establishing a level of rapport. And once rapport is established, it removes the invisible barriers that keep us from effectively communicating with other people. Because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship? Because rapport works because of one simple concept. People like people like themselves. I am Black. After the break, I'm going to give you some strategies to build empathy consciously. We'll be right back. I pity myself. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Want to enroll your child in Christian school for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com has joined with area private schools to offer half-price tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Searching for ways to strengthen your daily walk? Visit Crosswalk.com. From devotionals to Christian living topics, movie reviews to marriage and financial articles, and so much more, the intersection of faith and life, Crosswalk.com. The division of Salem Media Group. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate. Wife, I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. 
BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. I feel all dead inside. I'm back up in a dark corner. And I don't know who's hitting me. I feel your pain. (laughs) I do feel your pain. That's called empathy. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we are talking about these two words of interpersonal communication, sympathy versus empathy. And boy, in a world of relativism, in a world where the truth uh, is, is hard to find, uh, all these fact checkers on social media cracks me up. Uh, they're, they're, I don't know what facts they're dealing with. They're not checking any facts I know. They're making up their own facts. That's funny. I saw a picture of an elderly woman from 1900s, and she was, look, I think she was a black woman. She's working a little farm, her own little farm. Uh, and it says, there was a reason why our parents used to keep their bacon grease. Uh, and remember, our parents would keep all kinds of stuff. They'd keep their bacon grease. My mom would always do the, all this stuff. They were frugal. They didn't waste anything. They used stuff. And you know what? Facebook blocked it. I saw it. It said, uh, the fact checker said, well, this has been checked and this is not true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How do you know my mom didn't keep bacon grease? What? How do you know my... What? Do you, how can you tell me that my own personal experience is not true? I mean, this is what's stunning. This is why people turn off the news. You can get your news on five minutes on the internet now. Turn off the news. You're being programmed and you don't even realize you're being programmed. Why does that matter? Because everything works at the unconscious level. Uh, we only are 3 to 5% of our experience on this planet is conscious. Majority of our experience is at the unconscious level. And so if you're going to make any lasting change, you must follow the rules of the unconscious brain. Uh, and so you're being manipulated and programmed, and you don't even know it. Uh, you're, and yet it's very effective. And so we got to start connecting with people. Remember rule number one about being a leader. It's not about you. And so the first way to connect with people is stop making it about you. You know, we have thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. We're constantly thinking. You know what thinking is? It's self-talk. And if you're always talking to yourself, then how are you possibly listening to anybody else who crosses your path, right? Don't you get it? You know, there's always at least one person talking to us. That's us. It's called thinking. But let's be honest. Some of us, we have a party in our head and not the good type. People abuse you, people molest you, people put you down, right? Today, we keep a record of every wrong. We keep a pound of flesh, right? We're all wrapped up in 1619 and what happened in 1776 and what happened in 1832 and what happened in 1912 and what happened in 1939 and what happened in 1963. Yeah, stop it. You're being played, player. And if you don't know what's going on, it's all spiritual, The devil's the accuser of the brethren. The devil is constantly wanting to remind you of everything from your past. And the the God of the universe, it meets you where you're at, and he gives you hope. He said, I'm not going to leave you where you're at. we got a future together. See, the devil and this world always wants to remind you of your past. And the God of the universe wants to give you hope and make all things new and give you a future. 
And so if you don't know who's playing you right now, could it be? I don't know. It could be. I think it is. And so we got to start connecting with people. So there's a four-step connection process. It's called interview, identify, adapt, and integrate. Interview, identify, adapt, and integrate. But I made it a five-step process because first you got to have a desire. You know, nothing happens without desire. You know, I say there are three things to become your dreams. Want it, create it, live it. Want is about desire. It's about creative discontent. you got to be stirred up. You want a different outcome. And once you have that desire, because never approach the throne of your goals without desire, then you got to create it. you got to begin with the end of the mind. Project yourself in the future. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? If possible, what does it smell like? What does it taste like? Forty percent of all memories are made up. That's from the Irish Journal of uh, Medicine uh, or Irish Journal of Science. I don't remember which one. About two years ago. 40% of all memories are made up. See, your unconscious brain, which runs the majority of your time on this planet, does not separate, does not differentiate between Hollywood and reality. Every picture that you put in your unconscious mind, your unconscious brain treats it as if. As if. Get used to that phrase because that's the secret of goal setting, goal getting. That's the secret. See, you have the right side of your brain, which creates, and the left side of your brain, which stores. And so when you mentally rehearse, when you creatively imagine things uh, in your visualization process, you've now created an experience. And all experiences are stored in the left side of your brain. You could have had a dream at four years old, a vivid dream stored in the left side of your brain. You could have been told the same story over and over by Uncle Joe over 30 years, and you believe it. It might never have happened. I mean, it's, this is how we work. This is how we're programmed. I mean, look at all the stuff Joe Biden believes that's never happened. Look at all the stuff he tells you that are bold-faced lies, you dog-faced pony soldier. you got to know this stuff. And this is how you work. You know, you got to be smarter uh, than the average Democrat people. you got to understand this. Did I say that loud? I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to say that loud. Uh, you know, so you got to interview. In other words, pay attention. you got to identify Traits, qualities, predicates, communication style. You've got to adapt. The most flexible element in a system is the most powerful. It's called requisite variety. It's one of the presuppositions of NLP. The most flexible element in the system is the most powerful. And you know what, leader? That most flexible element in the system is supposed to be you. That's why we adapt. We we change. We we pivot, if you will. And then number four, you integrate, you acknowledge. So you got to have the desire to connect with someone. you got to shut off the voice in your head. you got to really pay attention to them. Pay attention to what they're saying. Pay attention to what they're not saying. Pay attention to the words they're using, their physiology. This is called uh, active listening. It's powerful. Remember Dr. Albert Morabian? He said basically in studies uh, that there are three basic elements in any face-to-face communication. Words, tone of voice, qualities of voice, timbre, and all that, and then nonverbal behavior, you know, facial expressions, physiology, gestures. And he says, he breaks it down, communication is broken down into this pie. 7% is words, 38% is tone of voice, and 55% is nonverbal. So you remember we talked about getting to uh, your meeting 15 minutes early if you're an out-of-office uh, sales, if you meet people at their office? And I told you because you want to see what's on their walls, because you want to be able to establish rapport. 
Remember, rapport is a state of harmonious understanding with another individual or group that enables greater and easier communication. In other words, rapport is getting on well with another person or group of people, listen, by having things in common. This makes the communication process easier and usually more effective. See, that's what I talk about when I say you're supposed to meet someone in their map reality. So we got to match and model. Pace and lead. That's what we talked about yesterday. See, the reason why rapport works is because people like people like themselves. And even though we can't read people's minds, what we do is our inner thoughts, our inner map of reality expresses itself externally by what people can pick up on, what they can see, what they can hear, what they can feel, right? And that's why the body language, the voice, and the words. So what you want to do is match a model, pace and lead, right? So in body language, when you're talking to someone, match their body language. If they gesture a lot, gesture a lot. If they're sitting up, sit up. If they're sitting, leaning over, lean over. Facial expressions, they should be similar. Uh, energy should be similar. If someone's dead as a doornail and you're bouncing off the walls, it's not going to connect. There's going to be a mismatch. On the voice, tonality, emotions, the pace, the tempo, inflection. I talk 180 words per minute. The typical human being has been tracked 120 to 150 words per minute. So if someone's talking very slow, slow down your talk. If someone's talking very fast, pick up your pace. Don't mimic. Don't mock. That'll create the opposite of rapport. And then in words, you want to do the education level, predicates, and metaphors, similes, keywords. If someone's using the same word over and over and over, use that same word over and over and over. And I want to leave you with something. We all process in three modes, visually, auditorily, and kinesthetically. You don't need to do a psychometric. You don't need to have people ask questions. Just watch and listen. Visual people talk in visual words. Auditory people talk in words that have sounds. Kinesthetic people talk in words that are feelings. And kinesthetic people slouch. They touch their face a lot. They lean over. Visual people sit upright, fully erect. Uh, Auditory people will have their head tilted sideways and don't need to look at you. So you can identify this. And what you want to do is meet people in their map of reality. You know, visual people think primarily in visual language, in words that create pictures. Auditory people uh, say things that sound well. Kinesthetic people, uh, they basically are into their feelings. And once you can identify this, then you can adapt yourself and connect with them. This will allow for open communication, honest communication, and allow for you both to get what you both want. See, that's the key to life. Not only get what you want, but helping people get what they want. At the end of your life, it will be judged by how many people you impacted and made a difference in their life. That's what we do for an hour a day on Like It Matters Radio. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You know, Quasimodo predicted all this. Who did what? Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018, and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matami Dive. I got a hold of JTR through Friends. It almost looked like a giraffe. There were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it, but there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and, and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which 
JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me. It was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law, who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. Ringing. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.